watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, mister. Welcome to the Windsor Film Club, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the underseen, the underappreciated, or straight up weird. If it's weird or underappreciated, it has a place in the club. Welcome to episode three. As always, I am your host, Raina Cervantes, and with me is Steph Koza. Hello, welcome back. Hola, hola, and Madison Fairchild. Hi. We got we got a good good episode this week, uh, you guys. I I really yes. am excited for this one. What's everyone's initial take on this? This is only our third episode, but I already feel like this might be my favorite movie we covered. I am really excited for this episode because I think the discussion is going to be interesting because I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping as we talk about it, you guys can maybe sway me, but I don't know. I can't really figure out if I loved it or hated it, if I'm being honest. No. <laughs> No, disown, exiled. No, this no I'm is kidding. Good. This is good. Madison's just going to be like, no, actually, this is great. All episode. <laughs> we have a very special guest this week joining us. She's a film critic for the Tribune News Service in the Los Angeles Times, and also one of my favorite people on the internet. Please welcome to the show, Miss Katie Walsh. Hello. Thank you for having me in the club. Always, always. The clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, our whole shtick is we want to be like the film class from like Scream 2. Yes, like I've always wanted to be in the film class from yes. Scream 2. This is amazing. All my dreams are coming true. Well, there you go. Now you can say you've yeah. officially been in it. Yes, yes. Incredible. Definitely. Before uh, before we get into this wild movie, I just wanted to do like a brief segment of what we've been watching this week and whatnot um we could keep this short because i feel like we should, we're all dying to talk about the main movie we're covering <laughs> <laughs> uh we'll go round robin um steph is there anything this week that you've been watching that you don't see getting a lot of love oh oh wait i just watched a pandemic movie that i just want to shout out because it was so good and i haven't heard anyone talk about it it was language lessons have any of you seen language lessons I haven't. I've heard of it. It's with uh, Natalie Morales and Mark Duplass. Yes. And it was directed by Natalie Morales. And it's like one of the best pandemic movies that I have seen since this era of pandemic movies. It was like literally one of the best movies I've seen in like the past year or more. It was it was incredible. It's kind of like a rom-com I, I'm a sucker for rom-com, so I loved it. Um, but if that's not your vibe, then maybe you won't like it. But it was just like really, really good. And I haven't heard anyone talk about it, but I highly, highly recommend it. So you're excited for Marry Me as well, right? No. <laughs> I just like... I can't, I can't say that I am. <laughs> I, I just like picked out rom-com. <laughs> I liked Marry Me. Did you guys uh, hear the story about how that thing was made? That it's a graphic novel? That it was a graphic novel that, like, the producer or the writer found lying on the ground. Oh, whoa. Wow. What? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. He, like, tweeted about it. He's like, just, he's like, every time you think about giving up, just think about the person who threw a copy of their graphic novel on the ground. And I found it and we made Marry Me. <laughs> with Jen- Jennifer Lopez, yes. Yeah, it's so weird. And then I saw the character, and it's like clearly not Jennifer Lopez or anything. <laughs> it's like they just took like the bases. But right. 
Wild stuff. Uh, Madison, anything you've been watching this week besides Star Wars? Um, okay, so yeah, I 15 <laughs> minutes ago got home from watching uh, Licorice Pizza again, uh, which was Ooh. it was cool to see it a second time. I haven't seen it since uh, like before it first came out, so it's been a few months. So I got to sit on it, uh, and then I went and saw it again. I saw that today. I watched Assassination Nation yesterday. I'm watching Power of the Dog after we record tonight. I've watched a lot of Game of Thrones this week. I'm rewatching that, but you know just the usual i did watch star wars thank you very much but i watch other things too so a lot of catch-up on award stuff it sounds like yeah yeah um my my partner had never seen licorice pizza and i showed him boogie nights for the first time a couple oh, months shit. ago so i was like yeah he'd never seen it and that's one of my favorite movies so i was like okay we gotta see licorice pizza now like yeah making the circle complete so yeah katie what about you <laughs> are you like in the thick of award season or are you watch Watching other things. I'm mostly watching stuff uh, to review for work. So uh, the last movie I watched, aside from the one for our episode today, was Channing Tatum's directorial debut, Dog. Oh. Um, which I am currently under embargo, <laughs> but I think by the time this episode comes out, it will not be embargoed. It's really cute. It's good. I had a good time. <laughs> and I don't like dog movies, but <laughs> Channing and he, he co-directed with Reed Carolyn, who wrote both Magic Mike films. And like, it's a project that he's clearly done with like, these two guys, uh, the writer, Brett Rodriguez, like has been working with him forever, has been his assistant forever and like was a military consultant on stop loss. And they, the three of them made this documentary about um, war dogs and that's kind of what dog is about. So, I mean, it's definitely not under the radar <laughs> under scene. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was the last movie I watched. And then, um, and also Uncharted, which uh, is kind of, eh. Um, I was going to say, can we talk about that? <laughs> for sure. I. It looks bad. I don't know much about... All I know is they've been trying to make this movie for like 12 or 14 years. And uh, they finally did it. But I, I, it was like more fun than I expected. And then, but not fun enough. You know, like I was like, mm. I enjoyed the banter between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. But then anytime the two of them weren't, talking to each other i was like this is just like da vinci code with abs it's like <laughs> i don't know i just <laughs> I, I didn't oh my think God. That, great. that broke me <laughs> it's, it's so weird the history of this movie because like i think at one point like david o russell was attached and like mm-hmm. bradley cooper and jennifer lawrence were gonna star in it and i'm like literally every director like if you go on wikipedia like every director has been attached to this movie and like I know the fans really wanted Nathan Fillion a million years ago. And so it just feels really weird to see someone like Tom Holland, who's so youthful in in the role. And um, yeah. And like Mark Wahlberg was supposed to play the Nathan Drake character. And then it's like, it took so long. He like aged out of it. He became the mentor. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I just, I I feel like there's like a lot of potential there and, and uh, it just doesn't quite get there. But it's not, like, atrocious. I've seen worse. Believe me, I've seen worse. <laughs> I, I, If I recall, this is, like, the last, like, PlayStation adaptation, like, before, like, Sony founded their own, like, studio for it. And I think their next project is uh, the HBO Last of Us series, which uh, 
PlayStation has like huge hand in to the point that like the writer and director of the games is just doing the show, which will be an interesting experiment because I don't recall that ever happening before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's that'll be cool to see how like the you know they ad- adapt that. It's probably going to be better. Than yeah, all these other video game adaptations. Th- that one's been interesting too because that one got announced as. At like Comic Con, like in like 2014 or 15, and Sam Raimi's like Ghost House was gonna like adapt it. I am so like I'm not a gamer, so I feel like so out of the loop on on some of these game franchises. I'm like, cool. I guess that's from the game. Like, <laughs> I did manage to note note the the original Nathan Drake actor has a cameo in. Um, in this, in I'm gonna cry. <laughs> For our listeners, Madison's face just like lit up. Nolan <laughs> North is my favorite person, so that's very exciting. I will be at the theaters seeing that movie now. I was not sold until yes. this moment. Oh, now I'm sold. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> but he's there. He's in the movie. Is, is this one? Who directed this one? Is it Ruben Fleischer? Unfortunately, it is. Oh, <laughs> no, is they went Fleischer. forward with that? Yeah, and it's oh. the guys who wrote the um, last Transformers movie. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, Madison. <laughs> My life is like flashing. Kind of... <laughs> okay, so Uncharted in theaters on Friday, or it'll be out by the time this episode comes out. Paid advertisement. Yeah, Uncharted Uncharted <laughs> What did I watch this week? I revisited Ben Wheatley's uh, In the Earth. I decided to give that another go. Yeah, I feel like it's like one of the very few, like, quote unquote, I'm doing finger quotes, quote unquote, pandemic movies that like actually tackles the subject with like some weight to it. Mm hmm. That and I just kind of love how it turns into like a Daft Punk concert near the end. <laughs> totally. That score it's, is awesome. It's so trippy. And like, I get it came out at a bad time in the middle of the pandemic, but I sort of feel like Neon buried this movie a little bit. Yeah, I hope people like find it and discover it because it's so cool. And I do think it's like a pandemic movie that's like speaks to the time that we're in without fully just like recreating it or or, you know, like just telling us what's going on. It like goes to other really weird different places. And I just love when Wheatley does folk horror. It's so strange too, because like it's in their box set that they're selling, but like that's mm-hmm. the only way you can get the Blu-ray of it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like exclusive that. to like that, like $180 <laughs> set last time I looked. And I was like, listen, they're just trying to get money. (laughs) It's so weird. The trajectory of like some of these distribution companies that's like, hey, we're going to do our own like boutique, like movie release, like lamb, like being released by A24 themselves. I'm like, come on. I feel like it's just not what A24 was selling it as like they're like, it's a terrifying thrill ride. And I'm like, is it not "Eh." terrifying? It's not a horror movie. No, it is is barely a horror movie. It's like I wouldn't even call it a horror movie it's like a relationship drama with like you know i don't know supernatural elements like oh. uh, it, it's very slow it's like and like meditative yes it's folklore that's exactly what it is mm. yeah i'm not sure Sorry, if i'd right be now. into it now 
<laughs> you, you saw me be crushed, huh? <laughs> you were like, never mind, like crossing it off. The yeah, list. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't need to watch that. Although I did like yeah. The Green Knight a lot. That was like one oh of my, my favorites God, last year. I loved yeah. The Green Knight. I so, loved that movie so much. Maybe I will give it a go. I'm super stoked because I just maybe like an hour or two before this pod, I I snagged tickets to that early screening of X that they're having in L.A., the oh, new Ty nice. West Day 24. Yeah. And listen, if that isn't up my alley, <laughs> I will I will eat my shoe like Werner Herzog. <laughs> On this podcast. It just looks like a combination of like Boogie Nights meets the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'm like, listen, yep. you can't. <laughs> You, you, you can't yeah. appeal to me more. Like, 100%. <laughs> what more could you want? Exactly. That and it's Ty West. He hasn't done a movie since, like, I want to say 2016. I don't know right off the top of my head. He's done TV for, like, the past, like, four or five years. But alas. Um, so, alas. yeah, just In the Earth is what I watched this week. Uh, might be on Hulu. Because if I recall, it's part of that deal that Neon has with Hulu. So, if you're interested, check it out. It's a pandemic movie that... You know, it's like one of the few that's worth watching. But alas, shall we get into our topic for the day, ladies? Sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I need to disclose that Katie selected this movie, but. I did indeed. (laughs) It's probably going to be one of the best selections in the history of this show. (laughs) So the movie we're covering today is Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat. Released in 1989, directed by Anthony Hickox, written by himself and John Burgess, starring David Carradine, Morgan Brittany, Bruce Campbell, and Deborah Foreman. Count Margulok, the leader of the vampires, has ended their tradition of human bloodletting and has placed his followers on a diet of synthetic bottled blood. But when a new family moves into the town, the native residents start to crave the real thing. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um there's so much going on in this movie. It's I don't know. Do you guys <laughs> want to know why I chose this movie? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I just so okay, so the the funny long story preamble to this is that um the reason why I discovered this movie, which has never played in a theater, it has only ever played at film festivals in Seattle and Palm Springs, and then it was released on VHS in 1991. And then Enter Me, it was released on DVD in 2008. So in 2007, I was working at Lionsgate. I was a publicity assistant and I worked in the home entertainment division. And my job was to just upload assets, which is like video, like like videos and um, film stills and things like that to the publicity website and like production notes. So we like Lionsgate had this huge home video library and we made all of our money on DVDs in 2007. Um, And so uh, I think that they were like combing through the library being like, they were trying to appeal to genre fans. So they would be like, like they released monster squad. So they did a special release of monster squad, which is a great, great eighties movie and totally has like a, you know, wellspring of fans and then i think they were like trying to make sundown the vampire and retreat happen. <laughs> and so i'm just this publicity assistant but i'm like uploading these photos and i'm like bruce campbell david carradine <laughs> vampire <laughs> western i was like what the hell is this movie it's wacko and so i just, I had never heard of it. I also, this is how I discovered this other amazing movie that I would have done for this podcast called The Wraith, 
which Raina, have you seen the wraith that sounds like super familiar um it's a movie where Charlie Sheen plays a ghost who turns into a car and uh, Sherilyn oh, Fenn is in it. Yes. I know yes. what you're talking about now. I and, haven't seen uh, it, but I've heard of it. Oh, you have to watch it. Like, I need to come back and we need to do another episode on The Wraith. Oh, it's 100%. Amazing. And it's um, like Nick Cassavetes is in it. And um, wait, what? Who's Ron Howard's brother? <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, Clint Howard. Clint Howard is in it. It's like oh, it's so no. wacky. It's like it's like southwestern, um, like greasers driver kind of action adventure teen movie, but like with a ghost element. And uh, anyway, so I became weirdly obsessed with these movies I'd never seen, and I, but I was like just sort of dealing with the publicity of them. Anyway, I got the DVDs of these movies, and I just I remember watching Sundown and being like, "This is so hilariously stupidly bad." And like, I just I've probably seen it five or six times. I was just watching it; it makes me scream with laughter constantly. But it also is like like I wrote down, I'm like, "What genre is this movie?" I'm like. Okay, it's a horny vampire western combi melodrama. Like it is there's so many things going on. There's a civil war. There's Van Helsing's grandson. There's the blood factory. There's bat rapists. Like there's and then it has this crazy cast and you're like what the hell is this movie? What is happening? It's like the tone is all over the place. It's just hot mess express but so much fun i love showing it to people and i'm glad that at least like you know two out of three ain't bad <laughs> in terms of uh you guys enjoying this movie <laughs> but i also get you know steph like i get why you don't like it. i mean like i i didn't it's not that i didn't enjoy parts of it <laughs> I don't know. I I think I think I need to marinate on it a little bit, honestly, because I like just watched it and I was just like, wow, that was a whirlwind <laughs> experience. I know when I was reading the description for it, I was like, oh, this sounds awesome. Like I was so on board. I loved Bruce Campbell. I he was my favorite part, like hands His down. His performance is outrageous. <laughs> like he's I, doing I <laughs> full slapstick comedy. Yeah. As Van Helsing's grandson, like when he gets turned into the vampire, his reaction. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing like kabuki theater or something. I'm like, what is he doing? But it's yeah. great. I love it. <laughs> I was going to say, is there anything that Bruce Campbell isn't great in? Like, fair. That, that man always brings it home no matter the project. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was uh, I was watching the special features on the DVD that I have. Um, and th- first of all, they're so boring. It's like an interview with David Carradine. He just talks about flying around Moab <laughs> in the like private plane. And then I had to turn it off. I was like, this is so boring. And then um, Bruce Campbell's like, yeah, I did it for the money. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, He's like, I just did Evil Dead 2 and like was really trying to raise money for something. And they gave me double my rate. And I did, was only in the movie every 12 minutes. And I just like hung out with these like legendary actors. Like the guy who plays Jefferson is like was nominated for an Academy Award. Like, I mean, he's like this legendary older actor. It's like they get M.M. M. Emmett Walsh. 
They have Carradine, Campbell. They've got um, John Ireland. They've got all these people and Maxwell Caulfield. And they're like, (laughs) everyone's clearly just doing it for the paycheck. I don't even know (laughs) who's (laughs) funding this. It was Vestron. I would think it was Vestron. It was like the tail end of Vestron. But yeah, (laughs) he did it for the paycheck. (laughs) It's 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 so interesting because I do like very much remember that Lionsgate like direct to video era because oh yeah uh, obviously <laughs> I was like super like into like horror and genre films at the time like I used to like go and snag like just unknown Lionsgate movies that they would just slap from the producer of Saw on it and I'd be like <laughs> hey I'm watching it but this yep, one like yep. slipped past my entire radar. I, I got to say, at first I was afraid that like, oh, like I wanted to start like a podcast on cult movies, but like I was kind of afraid that our guests would pick like, you know, the cult films everybody loves like, oh, Evil Dead 2. And then we got Seventh Curse and this back to back. And I was like, oh, no, we in this. <laughs> I love it. I mean, they say this movie has a cult following on Wikipedia, but I'm like, does it? It's me. Yeah. It's me now. Yes. I'm the cult following. Yes, join the cult. No, I'm so sorry. I have been so obsessed with any vampire movie I could get my hands on since I was probably six years old. I was very early. My parents bought me little antique holy water bottles from an antique store for my seventh birthday because I was so into vampires as a kid. I absolutely adore every vampire movie. I can find something good. And I can't believe I've never heard of this one. I had so much fun. First of all, we get Raina sends this link of the Wikipedia. And the poster on the Wikipedia looks like it's going to be this gothic, scary movie. And then I go on Amazon and I click and the poster looks like it was made in 2002. And it's insanely different than the poster on the Wikipedia. And I was like, what the fuck am I about? to watch and then it's amazing and then i sat down and watched my new favorite movie i had so much fun i did not know where it was going i was eating birthday cake flavored waffles this morning and just enjoying this movie and it was just the best (laughs) the best time i could have asked for it was beautiful (laughs) i do i am looking at the poster on amazon this is absolutely the cover that we like made in like 2007 oh my god like for the real it felt oh like the two thousand, so I'm so anyway. glad you said that because that is the vibe I got. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know what? We've got some DVDs to sell. Slap David Carradine and Bruce Campbell on this bitch. Make it look scary. It's like a total bait and switch. Luring Raina in to just buy landscape movies. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny because uh it's cause uh Katie has like well knowledge that i am a sucker for vampire movies pun intended (laughs) yes decided to send me the most unhinged one of them all (laughs) i I was like there were moments i was forgetting this was a vampire movie because it turns into like red dead redemption with like the cowboy shootouts and whatnot The third act goes completely off the rails. You're like, what the hell am I watching? It's this like soaring Western score and they're having a shootout. Music. And Music. it's like, what? what is happening? What? what? They're having a civil war. It's just like it, the, the tonal shifts are all over the place. The best part of the whole movie was the bats. 
Yes. <laughs> the fact that what's his name had a beard on his bat was <laughs> a little white beard. Uh, every time the bats popped up, lost my mind. Lost my mind every single time. I couldn't. I couldn't hold it together. They were fantastic. The, I mean, they're like claymation. Yeah, <laughs> they're beautiful. <laughs> the transformation I mean, was when... buck wild. <laughs> yeah, when Maxwell Caulfield just like appears like completely naked. Oh my god, it's that uh, transformation. And then the funny that like the mom is unhinged. Like she's one of the more unhinged characters because. This so this is like the mom of the human family that's coming. They come to town to like check on the blood plant the, to like make synthetic blood, and the parents are astonishingly horny. <laughs> and um, they also she used to date Maxwell Caulfield's character, so there's this like love triangle thing going on. And then he shows up in her bedroom and like basically tries to like sexually attack her as a bat. <laughs> And she's like, like the next morning, she's like, that bat tried to rape me. But then she like will not listen to her kid when the kid is like, they're vampires. <laughs> like, she's like, don't say that, honey. <laughs> so it's like, what are you willing to believe? Well, and when he went to go fly to their house, the guy was like, you're gonna go naked. Like, so it was weird to <laughs> vampires too. It wasn't like he was doing a normal vampire thing. They all thought it was weird that this was happening. Like, it was wild. <laughs> right. Like, like, bro, yeah. why are you naked? <laughs> they have, like, little stashes of clothes everywhere to get into this. <laughs> I mean, these are always the questions that you have to wonder with werewolves and anybody who does a transformation you know, yeah. how's what are the logistics behind this? <laughs> Where did the clothes come from? <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy a vampire movie, right? That like I like enjoy a vampire movie that actually engages with stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. the, the funniest thing to me about this movie is the extru- the SPF one hundred that they all wear. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we're vampires; we can't be in the sun. But actually, we wear giant sunglasses and SPF one hundred, and it's fine. And I'm like, is that how it works? They're wearing I, like Oakleys, like the big '90s like Oakleys. <laughs> vampires wearing sunglasses is the funniest fucking thing to me. It re- it really is, and I gotta say, the funniest part is like where they develop like the wooden bullets. And he's like, oh, what kind of God. a gun could kill a vampire? And they just like blast a hole in his chest with the wooden bullets. <laughs> I was like, what is this? But then also like light bulb moment. I was like, how come vampire hunters don't do that? Yeah, all like, these silver bullets. What you need is wood. <laughs> yeah. The scene where the dad is tearing apart that living room. I need wood. <laughs> what the fuck? That was so funny. Like he didn't have to destroy all of the furniture he could have picked like a coffee table and used that but he was tearing that living room apart it was amazing and i had forgotten what why he needed it i'm like what i'm like is he gonna start a fire like i I was like what is he doing and then i remembered that he constructs a giant cross that makes half of the vampires catch on fire oh my god Uh, the cross forgot about the cross god forgave them so they lit what was what was what was Lionsgate thinking? 
I mean, the, they were they were like, this is a cult movie. We're just going to like put it out on DVD and just be like, here, you guys like this stuff. Like they were trying to get the the genre fans. They were just, I mean, that's when we entered the picture. We were just putting, putting stuff out on DVD. But what was, I mean, Anthony Hickok thinking, Hickok's, <laughs> he directed Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3. <laughs> And I have not, he apparently directed some movie called Waxwork that I have not seen, but maybe it's good. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I know. I know. My horror card is going to get revoked by the end of this episode, but I haven't seen it and I hear it's good. Um, I am not a fan of Hellraiser 3 colon hell on earth, but I know people that are, uh, this this movie is so strange. This is definitely a movie that if I probably saw it sitting on the shelf at Hollywood Video in 2007, I'd have been like, that looks fun. Why not? Yeah, what I said earlier when I was watching it is if I had seen this movie 10 years ago when I was in high school, I would have forced every single person that I knew to watch it with me. This was the type of movie that I was showing all of my friends in high school because I was very into this type of thing. And I wish it had come out earlier, but I also know it would have like formed my personality back then. (laughs) (laughs) I not come out earlier. I wish I I had known about it earlier but no i i loved it i loved it so much i also am am the person who's like let's put this on (laughs) (laughs) and just like blowing people's minds but steph i want to hear like what your reservations are because i like there are definitely parts of this that do not age well and i was watching it like ooh, ooh, that's a little icky but it's like totally 1989 like shit doesn't age well kind of thing um but i i don't know i'm curious like what what was wasn't working for you yeah i mean i kept thinking to myself like okay i don't really love this movie but it is very creative like i am also a sucker for vampire movies i love vampire movies i have a buffy the vampire slayer tattoo like i'm all about the vampire stuff but it was unlike any other vampire movie I've ever seen. Like, I'll give them that. Like, the wooden bullets, right. Like, why has no one ever thought of that? Like, <laughs> the fact that they're trying to make fake blood in a factory so they can live in peace and harmony with humans. It's just like, it was all just so original. And I was like, wow, okay, this is like fun and creative. But I just like couldn't get into it. I, I don't know. I think... The acting is abysmal from yes. pretty much everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it's it was bad. just, it's like, it was like painful for me to watch. I was like, was okay. Really bad child acting. Like some oh my of the God. worst child acting I've ever seen. Guinevere and Juliet Slate. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I, I have a huge pet peeve. Like if a movie even stars a child, I'm like, I don't want to watch this because they're almost always horrible actors. And it's like, I need to get past this because like sometimes they are good. But like as soon as they showed up, it's like a fuck these kids. I'm going to fucking hate this movie. I just hate child actors. Like they're always so bad. And I just can't, I just can't like, I can't get past it. Like I can't forgive them and be like, oh, they're just kids. I'm like, just, no. I think we've gotten to the root of it. I think we've really yeah. just dialed in to what's happening with Steph. She doesn't like kids. And then my other, my only other complaint that I was thinking about, which again, like this makes it fun and unpredictable. But for me, 
who is the protagonist of this movie? Who the like, hell knows? Who am I? Like, there's no through line. It's just chaos. Like, there's no main character. I was like, am I supposed to be rooting for this family? Or am I supposed to be rooting for the vampires? Or the good vampires? Or the bad vampires? Or Bruce Campbell's character? Like, <laughs> it's who? Like, it, it's like a Western in that aspect. It's a... Uh... It's yeah. a once upon a time in the West with like vampires. <laughs> I think Mort was the main character, uh, the gas station guy. <laughs> I, <liked that. laughs> I, I never remember character names. I don't know how this is happening right now. I, this movie made an impact on me. <laughs> he was uh, inhaling gas fumes and dreamt up the whole thing. <laughs> right. Well, like, it's also the, I mean, there's every single storyline could be its own movie. I'm like, there's way too much going on right now like you've got the civil war you've got the blood factory you've got the love triangle you've got van helsing i don't even know what he's doing there really he's just like maybe gonna try to kill dracula um and then falls in love with a vampire it's like and then there's so many ancillary characters like did you notice bobby from twin peaks is in this movie as the one of the camping couple that gets put oh, in prison. And, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, wow. and then um, like the, I think I just fall in love with this movie from the campiness of the opening scene when M. Emmett Walsh, who plays uh, Mort, and his friends are sitting there, and there's sombreros and sunglasses, and then a guy who's off roading in a jeep with a gallon sized Ziploc of cocaine, <laughs> and he's <laughs> off roading and also snorting cocaine, and then. And then that Walsh just th- th- throws his head off because <laughs> he's such an <laughs> asshole. And I'm like, the tone here is wacko. I don't know who – I've never seen a movie with this tone where it's just like comedy but horror but like just really weird. Like I was like, what is Anthony Hickok's going for? Like at, there are certain moments where it felt like Tim Burton ripoff. Like – I just, he's all over the place. Like, he must have been doing a gallon-sized baggie of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, somebody says it. (laughs) Yes. 1989. I love the movie so much because I have actual ADHD, and it's so hard for a movie to keep my attention, but it was changing the plot every five (laughs) seconds, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm into this now. (laughs) And it really kept me going. I was hyper-focused the entire time. I feel like I had the exact opposite experience. (laughs) Like, I was having so much trouble paying attention because I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm also, I'm going to confess something right now. I fell asleep. I didn't watch. I didn't see. (laughs) I missed, like, the last 10 minutes, so I don't know what happened. Did you see the Dracula reveal? No. Okay, so the one of the main vampires, he's like, I'm older than you think. And it's revealed that he's Dracula, which is why I mean, that Helsing was there. Implied that he was Dracula like halfway through. So I was like, okay, this guy's Dracula. It was such a good but, reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I was gonna like rewind and rewatch the ending before this, but I thought it might be more fun if I just didn't. <laughs> yeah. Translation, I wasn't going back. <laughs> But I think that's great because our whole goal for the podcast was for us to not agree on every movie and to like really butt heads about yeah. stuff like the club and Scream 2. So yeah. I love that you didn't like it. I'm glad you hated it, Steph. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Madison. 
<laughs> I wish I did like it though. Like it seems like something I would totally love, but it was just, I don't know. I think the the balance of like crazy wacko, a bad movie that's a good movie, you know what I mean? Like bad movies that are fun to watch. Like there always has to be some kind of balance where like it evens out and it's like, oh, it's bad, but like this was fun. And like it just wasn't there for me. But like I'm glad it was there for you. <laughs> Like, no hate? <laughs> I don't think, yeah, like, it's so extreme that I think that, you know, there are going to be people that, that don't enjoy it. But let's just admit, it was the kids. It was the kids, wasn't it? I Steph? think it was. It was. I just hate the kids. kids. The kids only wanted Big Macs. That's all they wanted. The the that was the best part. When the mom was like, McDonald's, and they were like, quarter pounder for each of our Big Mac for each of us. I was like, that is the motivation right there. Like, that is the late 80s. It's perfect. Can, they're real. Can, can I bring up that when they're like all fighting and like, Half of them have like Western Winchester repeater rifles, and then the other half have like M16 like automatic assault <laughs> yeah. rifles. Like, I was like, what did they just grab whatever gun props were like on the studio that day? Uh, yeah, okay. Another fun fact from the Bruce Carradine special feature interview is that. Uh, he said that there was absolutely no gun safety on this set and that oh, no. they were doing this shoot. They were shooting um, blanks, but like with, you know, gunpowder, they were <gasps> shooting projectiles and um, that like he was next to M.M. at Walsh and these like hot casings were like shooting out of the gun and like hitting him in the side of the face. <laughs> oh no. He's like, that's all I remember is like these hot gun casing bullet casings like shooting out I'm like that okay this was like i don't know what the budget was on this movie obviously they had a lot of, of money to give bruce campbell and all of these other people but i it feels like it was kind of just like we're in the desert just you know whatever i mean thank god no one got hurt my god it's like 2.8 million if i recall scene was the budget okay so that's i mean 1989 money <laughs> like anthony hickox is you know, he's rolling in it. <laughs> it's, he's something. He's something. <laughs> he, he's spending the money. It's all on the screen. <laughs> I'm trying to think the last time I saw a movie as buck wild as this, as like this, like <laughs> totally like out there and just cannot pick on a tone or what. Like, this has got to be one of the few where I'm like, the only other film that comes to mind is like malignant with like it's like craziness. Oh yeah. It does have like the energy of malignant, but like totally different genre, obviously. Yeah. But just like the willingness to be weird as hell. And the thing I was thinking about this time watching it, I was like, who did they think this movie was for? Because mm -hmm. it, there's like comedy elements, there's like some the kitty stuff, the family stuff. But then there's like really racy comments that they make. Like really wildly sexually inappropriate comments and it's just like i'm like did they think this was for kids like what is <laughs> happening when, when the little girl said my parents are really horny i was like well wait a minute how does she know that word? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i also every time i just a little detail that i love about this movie every time i watch this movie i always forget about Chad and Burgundy, the LA Rockers. Who oh, get yeah. Oh, no. 
And I love Chad and Burgundy so much. Their voices, I love their them voices so much. were insane. They were. So, we need to go back to LA. Like, yes, they they killed me. I loved them. Where where was this desert town? Uh, so they shot in in Utah in Moab. But I don't think it's not like I don't I don't know I don't know where it's supposed to be. It's like purgatory, but I don't know what state it's supposed to be. I in. forgot it was called purgatory. I can't <laughs> purgatory. believe I missed that detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think just like a lot of cocaine was consumed, and then they threw literally everything they had on a dartboard and were like, "Do it all." <laughs> it- it, it it makes sense that like this only played at like Seattle and Palm Springs where like me and Madison are from because it's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why we loved it so much. We could feel our connections. <laughs> it's like yeah, oh yeah, my my chakra is aligning with this movie for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> felt very seattle uh seattleites love troll too so it makes sense that seattleites would love this because it has a very similar energy to troll 2 which is one of my favorite movies i love troll um, 2 yeah please come back for a troll 2 episode because it just it's my lifeblood um (laughs) but it had a very similar feel and i think that's why i liked it so much because it just was giving uh, the acting was significantly better because it wasn't like dentists and stuff Uh, as the main actor but uh yeah i loved it i loved it so much let's get major movie stars and put them in a troll to level movie also um i love uh deborah foreman who plays sandy the waitress who falls in love with um bruce campbell she i just found out she had just been in valley girl like right before this so like She's a pretty, like, she's like an ingenue on the rise, but I do, I I don't know. I just love her. I love that. I love her costumes. I love all the costumes in this movie. They're like really cool. I still think they're really cool. I think that's just like my nineties, eighties, nineties kid coming out. I'm like, they look awesome. (laughs) Her boots were so cool. The like high boots with the skirt. It was such a good look. I was like, I just love this whole aesthetic, even though the production design is trash garbage <laughs> it really <laughs> the is the costumes are great the production design is horrible i was thinking i'm like they're trying to make this look all like like the the weird house they live in it's like it's uh, it looks awful but the the costume design is on point <laughs> yeah there's so much to there's so there's so much going on that you could just talk about so many different aspects of it i think i would hate this movie if it had a budget like I feel like half of the charm is like so low budget. If it had felt like they tried 10% more, I wouldn't have had fun. I don't think. Yeah. You kind of need the acting to be so bad. It, it, it would have been too serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, side note. Um, I watched this movie for free with ads on Vudu. Um, this movie's in HD on there. Whoa. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Blu-ray quality. And I looked it Ooh, up, and this, it thing, and this thing has never gotten a Blu-ray release. So I was like, "Why is there an HD version of this movie randomly on here?" It's even got like an updated like Lionsgate logo with like uh, the the yellow Heaven Skate logo. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at it on Voodoo and check that out. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre because then I got to thinking of like. This last year, when Tubi had a Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 and 5 on there, and people were like, these are randomly HD remasters. And like those notoriously don't have like Blu-ray releases. 
So it's like weird mm. that like Lionsgate went to the effort of like somehow restoring these movies and putting them on digital platforms and like not telling anybody. <laughs> I know it's like if you have a, a movie that you're trying to like make a cult movie, which like it might have a, a cult following that I just don't know about, but I'm like, I never see this being programmed at whatever, but I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, up on every single thing, but I think mm-hmm. we can like bring this into the into the fold a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> do a little new Bev shock, you know, shockathon or whatever that's let, called. Let me host a rowdy screening of it at Alamo Draft House. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. It would be so fun. Like you could even like not like announce it. You could just do it like as a mystery movie, like. So yes. so people oh, yeah. go to it like expecting it to be one thing and just show this <laughs> and then you could have people walking out going like what the fuck was that? See, I feel like I would have enjoyed it more in an environment like that, like in a theater full of people just like for me anyways, like this is a movie I would watch like with some friends like getting drunk, like not really taking anything seriously. So like I could see that I could see myself liking it more in that environment. Maybe. I don't know. I'm really trying to like this movie. (laughs) No, I agree with you. I think that every good, bad movie, though, is better with a group of people that are like kind of talking over it and drinking and stuff like that. I just didn't watch it with anyone because I had to focus on it for the podcast. But that context is always going to be more fun for like these crappy old movies. (laughs) Like you're completely right. Yeah, you want to see what other people laugh at, what other people react to. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely more fun with friends and and uh a rowdy environment than just like at home um, but, i want yeah. i want to make cocktails with synthetic blood for this screening no I'm kidding. oh my god <laughs> like just that blood, thing blood they were drinking was so nasty i was oh, like when they called it like wait i remember it thinking this was really funny that they called it nectarine but it was like n-e-c-k <laughs> nectarine <laughs> I love that. It looks like oatmeal to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it kind of anticipates like the true blood phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or even like Twilight with the vegetarians. Yeah, I was thinking about Twilight the whole time. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> like how they want to live in peace among the humans, which I don't I do not know why you would want to live among the humans, but go right ahead. <laughs> but i i definitely feel like this is a movie that i'm like in like some of the deep like cult film and like horror circles and i have never heard of this movie until you brought it to my attention to the point to the point that like (laughs) there one there aren't enough vampire westerns the only other one i've seen was like a blood rain 2 i i kind of feel like Near Dark is kind of a Western, but it's also more like a road movie. Mm -hmm. It's like a neo-Western vampire movie, but it takes place in the Southwest, but it's not like, you know, gunslingers and all that stuff like you have in this. That's a that's another very inaccessible movie right now. Yeah, I I like bought some DVD of it off eBay because you can't get it anywhere. I almost did it. And then I saw that the Blu-ray was like a hundred bucks and I was like. Uh, no i'm good (laughs) i i don't even have the blu-ray i just got the dvd of it but um yeah and i don't know it's weird like i don't know if i don't know why those Catherine bigelow movies don't get remastered it's 
really stupid. It's it's anyway. it's weird because uh, James Cameron is the same way. <laughs> Right. And I I know he produced some, like he produced Strange Days, which has never been remastered. And the only version you can get of it is like this horrible letterboxed version where like, it's literally this big on the screen. And um, it's like, I don't know if he just like wants to do it himself or like what, what his control issues are there, but we can speculate about that later. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. So yeah. I am probably going to spread the word about this movie, especially that you can watch it for like zero dollars and zero cents right now in HD. Totally. When you were like, does this is this streaming anywhere? I was like, oh, shit. What if it's completely inaccessible? And then I'm like, wait, it's on all these places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Good. it's like it's like not inaccessible. Like it is like it's out there just waiting to be watched. I'll buy a physical copy. Good. You'll 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 keep my old company in business. <laughs> As if I don't support Lionsgate enough. <laughs> right. But uh any closing comments, y'all? Uh should we do round robin? Steph, you got thoughts because I feel like you barely talked this episode. I know. Well, I didn't want to like shit all over this movie that you guys like. <laughs> no shit away. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um yeah, I I don't know. I think I'm going to... No, I'm not going to revisit it. <laughs> oh, my. I was going to say... Get a group, rowdy, fun, party yeah. vibe going. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I would like to show it to like my friends. Like I feel like they would enjoy it. And may- I don't know. I, I definitely need to see the ending because I did fall asleep and I didn't watch the ending. So... You know, maybe that'll bring it all together and it'll all it'll all work for me. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but um, probably not. <laughs> Right yeah, on. I don't know. I think I just I have a hard time watching movies with bad acting. Like it just I can't focus. It just gets under my skin. It's it's a personal problem. I'm working on it. <laughs> you like MCU movies though? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> with bad <that> acting, <laughs> I'm like, hold on. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Eternals was pretty bad. But oh, I hated Eternals. Don't even a topic even for another day. Another day. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, out, <laughs> like the empire. <laughs> but no, I mean, thank you for for bringing this movie because it was so like it was fun and I enjoyed parts of it and I'm excited that we got to talk about it. But um, yeah, just um, wasn't wasn't for me. <laughs> okay, uh, no now, harm, no foul. Now on the other end of the spectrum, Madison, what are your closing thoughts? <laughs> Again, I this was right up my alley, um, both on the good, bad movie and the old vampire movie. That was just such a good pick. I cannot wait to force all my friends to watch it. So thank you so much for bringing it because I would have never found it without it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Katie, do you have any closing thoughts on this? No, it's just I... I I just love this process of being like, uh, this really weird movie and you guys saying, yeah, let's do it. And then responding to it in all of the varied ways that you respond to it. I just appreciate the opportunity to like come on your pod and talk about this wacky ass movie that I never get to talk about. And so thank you for receiving it and responding to it. And uh, I'm just so thrilled that we got to do this. Right on. I have a feeling this won't be your only appearance. So get ready for more wackiness. (laughs) There's a a lot more. We got to do Troll 2 or The Wraith or one of those. I like heard The Wraith and I'm like, oh, that sounds like fucking awesome. (laughs) It's a a really good movie. (laughs) 
let's just do outros. Uh, Katie, is there anything you want to promote and where our listeners can find you? Um, let's see. I, you can follow me on Twitter at Katie Walsh SDX. I post all my reviews, uh, there and all my reviews are on Rotten Tomatoes too, or on Letterboxd. My Letterboxd is Katie Walsh SDX as well. So follow me on Twitter, follow me on Letterboxd. And I don't know, I don't have anything special going on, but, um, just writing reviews and doing my thing. And I have a podcast called, um, Miami Nice which is about the 2006 Michael Mann film, Miami Vice. Every week, that's the movie it. we talk about. <laughs> I, I just showed my dad that movie for the first time ever. Oh, nice. I just showed my dad that movie for the first time yeah. ever, too, was, over was Christmas. Your, was your dad like an OG fan of, like, of the series? I don't know if he ever really watched it. Like, I think he knew it, but I don't know that he ever like watched it regularly. But um uh, they enjoy my parents enjoyed it. So it was, it was funny. They were like, what's going on? Cause it's a very confusing <laughs> movie, but, um, it, they got through it and, uh, we made it through and they, they did enjoy it. Um, so yeah, so listen to that podcast. Uh, and, um, it's been really fun. We've had like people who worked on the movie come on. So it's, it's been like a wild, wild journey. Um, and, uh, yeah, but follow me on Twitter. That's where I post all my stuff. So yeah. Right on. Uh, Steph, where can everyone find you? Yeah. You can find me at Steph Coza on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Um, I swear I don't hate all movies. I post a lot of good reviews on Letterboxd. <laughs> um, and you can find my YouTube channel, which is Steph Coza versus the movies where I do movie commentary and reviews and, um, Lots of fun stuff like that. So, yeah. Cool. Right on, Madison. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch under Maddie underscore Amadala. And I have a Star Wars podcast called The Night Sisters Podcast. So, that is where you can find me. As always, you can find me at JFC Doomblade on all socials. You can find my work being published pretty regularly all over the web i usually just post links got a new outlet that i'm freelancing for soon so that'll be exciting to reveal and you can follow the pod at windsor film club where you're available on apple and spotify podcasts please like listen subscribe rate us you know the usual gist Cool. Bye. <laughs> I was going to say, did Steph freeze? No. I'm like, what's the outro? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was I was waiting for Steph to do her, like, bye sound. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if I should keep doing it or if it's too cringe. I mean, you've done it two episodes already. But... Bye. Bye. <laughs>